Welcome to episode five of Airship Travelogues, Nintendojo's bi-weekly podcast with wonderful luminaries from the game industry and press. I'm Noah, and my co-pilot, as always, is Mark. Believe me, Noah, I wish I could just wish away my feelings, but I can't. <laughs> and our very special guest in this episode is Craig Harris. I'm special. You're cranky. Uh, <laughs> yes, cranky. I'm noticing cranky everywhere. <laughs> well, it's, it's just a, a, apparently, you know, people say, hey, you're, you don't act cranky at all, but other people do say that. So I, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? <laughs> that was Doug Perry, right? Who gave you that name? Actually, I think it was Pear. Um, he just oh. uh, he, he called me cranky one day, and then I was like, you know what? That looks pretty good on a business card, and so I started putting it on my business cards. And uh, and then, you know, it, it's it's one of those things that people notice, right? They're like, they, they, you hand them your business card. If it says something completely weird on it, they'll notice it. They'll look at it and then wonder why, and then uh, and then they'll start talking to you about it. And uh, it works out pretty good. My 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 new business card at Sega don't have that. I I, I don't think they allow nicknames. Cranky Sega. Yeah, it's just it's just it's a boring old card. The, the the business cards that Sega give us give us they don't even have Sonic on them. So I was kind of disappointed when I got my first run of, of business cards. They don't have Sonic. Wow. And now very corporate. Yeah. Boring. <laughs> but yeah, I just want to just want to make sure that you guys know that you're talking to Craig the gamer and not uh, Craig the Sega employee. So exactly. Uh, yeah. Definitely. So you're schizophrenic, is what you're saying? Uh yes, very much so. Okay. <laughs> As long as that's out in the open, right there. <laughs> and for all those many, many people, Craig, who have absolutely no idea who you are, what, what have you been doing for the last 15 years? Well, I, you know, I helped start up IGN. I'm considered one of the founding <laughs> editors. It's totally true. I helped start up IGN. Uh, I'm, I'm considered a founding editor. I've worked on the Nintendo channels for a very, very long time. I actually built up the, uh, what do you call it, the handheld side, as pocket.igen.com, and then it kind of got merged into gameboy.igen.com, then DS, and... Um, I didn't get a chance to build up 3DS stuff, so I'm kind of sad about that. But uh, but I had to move on. So I moved on back last year. I'm now at Sega. I'm working on uh, Aliens Colonial Marines uh, in the marketing department. So Sweet. Yeah? Yeah, it's very cool. I was all, I had to say, of course, that uh, I was very sad to see you go last year. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I should have fanboyed here. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were one of the, like you said, you're one of the core folks at IGN and there's times when I wasn't checking IGN regularly if I ha if I'd missed something somebody would be eyeing me about your latest article in defense of something <laughs> or your latest review and most times everybody was really just loved to hear what you had to say and had and definitely agreed with you and then there was the occasional disagreement but yeah absolutely I, I do miss it I mean thank you but, yeah, I totally miss it, um, but, you know, it's one of those things that when you do something for so long, you can either stick with it and just, yeah. you know, die doing it, or you can move on and do something else in the, you know, the industry that you, you love, and that's pretty much what I wanted to do. I mean, I actually wanted to break away sooner than later, but it was one mm -hmm. of those things that I got really comfortable doing what I was doing at IGN, and then, uh, you know, opportunities were passing me by, and so I kind of, one you know, one day just said – you know what, I really got to find something else because um, things are changing, the industry is changing. And I still love the industry, don't get me wrong, but just in terms of covering the, the industry was, you know, with Facebook and Twitter. And it just, there's there huge evolution there. And um, not that I didn't want to be a part of it. I just thought, you know what, you know, with the evolution, it was it was time to try something else. Well, and work at Sega, that's really freaking cool. So congratulations yeah, yeah. on that too. Well, thank you. For this episode, we're going to get to take you a little bit back to some of your roots at IGN because there is that incredible Nintendo press conference prior, <laughs> just before Tokyo Game Show last week. And we did talk about it on our other podcast, Dojo Show Go, but I am ex extremely excited to hear what you and Mark have to say in this episode of Airship Travelogs and Mark has put together some good starter questions for us. And I, I just, I can't wait to hear what you have to say, but Mark, go ahead and, kick off our line of questioning for Cranky. <laughs> Rapid fire. Let's do it. <laughs> Crossfire, CNN. Here we go. Yeah. All right, guys. Kicking off the 3DS conference was Skyward Sword. Do you think that was an act of desperation? Do you think that was an, ang uh, an act of uh, genius? Something um, I, I, I would probably say it was probably the weird thing. You know, it was a definite, it was supposed to be like a 3DS conference, right? And, yeah. uh, and they didn't start it off with the 3DS stuff. However, 
you know, obviously they want to kind of capture the audience right from the start. And, uh, you know, obviously doing that with a game everyone's looking forward to. As far as I know, people are looking forward to that game. But uh, uh, so it was odd that they start a 3DS conference like that. And like, is, are they moving into 3DS? What's going on here? But no, <laughs> uh, it was just a matter of kind of getting people jazzed up for a game they already know is going to be spectacular and, uh, and, and going from there. So I will say it's odd, but it was very smart of them to do that. And it, it seems like they were really intense on establishing for any naysayers who've said that we doesn't have much of a library at all. It's just Zelda that this was their way of saying, Hey, wait, before we get into what you came here for, we want to emphasize that we have such and such games coming out. Although for me personally, the only one that really resonated was Zelda. And I feel like it was a decent effort, but I'm not sure they really solved that problem. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. With that specifically, with the, with the Wii software, but also with the 3DS announcements that were made, it, I'm not sure how much... Well, obviously, that wasn't generated towards me as an American gamer. That was for all the Japanese people. Yeah. And obviously, they kind of need to capitalize on their, their newfound momentum with the price cut. But I still kind of felt like this weird dissonance. Like, how am I supposed to feel about that? I'm not really sure. Well, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of... Right now, there's this kind of weird... Um gap of of console gaming with the with the Wii, right? So they already they already announced their next system, their next generation. So the, obviously they're going to hold on to a lot of their key products for the next launch if they're smart. If if yeah. Nintendo is is very smart, hopefully that you know they learn the lesson with the with the 3DS. If they're smart, they will be holding on to a lot of key designs for that system whenever that system comes out. And that I think is going to be a problem for the Wii because they're, you know, that there's still a year to go. As far as I know, I don't have any kind of insight in when the system's going to come out, but I can't imagine it coming out until like the fall after after the debacle that um, that 3DS had during the, the spring, and everyone's like, "Why isn't this thing jumping off the shelves like it's supposed to?" You know, it's a, it's not a it's not a gift giving season. That's one of the, the reasons why. I mean, there's many reasons why the 3DS didn't, didn't sell in in April, but you know, mm-hmm. but that was one key reason. There's why buy a, a game system now and not in Christmas, but. Um, you know, so that now there's a problem with the Wii launch, uh, or I'm sorry, the Wii library not having a whole lot of good games, and uh, they need to do something. They need to step it up there. We we saw a lot of um, you know trailers for say Kirby, for example. Kirby looks looks pretty awesome. It's that Kirby game that we've been waiting for on the on the console. Um, but then again, it's like what else is coming out? And you got Rhythm Rhythm Heaven. That's pretty awesome. But you know, mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to sell any system. It's pretty much now. It's just about a. It's a waiting game. It's it's you know, you know what's going to hold us to to game in the next year on the Wii because the Wii the Wii the Wii U is not coming out for another year, and I don't think Nintendo's kind of stepped that up. But the 3DS, you know, they definitely did a good job on. Uh, you know, showing a lot of key games during this, you know, this conference. And I think we're going to get to that in, in your next question, probably. But uh, I think that they did a pretty good job getting people jazzed about upcoming games for the 3DS, but not so much on the Wii. But then again, it was a 3DS conference, right? <laughs> How many of those games do you think will pull a will pull um, a Twilight Princess and will be either day and date with Wii U or will just be scrapped altogether and be ported over to the Wii U? Which which ones the uh, the ones they announced during that conference? Yeah, you're gonna have to refresh me and the audience on which games were announced <laughs> in that conference. Well, I think that's that's Noah's job, right, Noah? You have that list. <laughs> no, I do not. There's <laughs> a whole bunch of Japanese stuff. My Japanese is very rusty, so I couldn't quite catch all the kanji. That's my excuse. Uh huh. But again, this this was a 3DS conference, so. Um, you know, uh, what they should have done, obviously, is, is kind of made this just a Nintendo conference featuring 3DS and Wii, not not 3DS conference. Because, yeah. that you know, that leading into your first question, you know, was that a good or bad thing to have Zelda? It was odd. It was an odd thing to do. But, you know, like I said, it was to get people excited leading into the next, you know, 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah. So the, just to touch base on the, uh, the games that were announced, at least for the fall... We have Just Dance 3, Go Vacation, Skylanders Spyro's Adventure, Zumba Fitness, Mario and Sonic at the London 2012 Olympic Games, Skyward Sword, and Fortune Street. 
<laughs> well, I'm going to say to answer that second question, I will say a big zero will be making the move from Wii to Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, none of those games, uh, you know, the Kirby's, you know, I don't know if you mentioned Kirby, but Kirby's definitely not making the move because I already announced the date on that. Yeah. Um, but like Fortune Street, no, not, not a chance. I mean, there will be a Fortune Street for, I forget what the uh, what the actual Japanese name of that, that's like the first time it's coming out in the U.S., um, yeah, but that, that series has been around for a very long time. So in Japan, there'll be another one of those things probably for Wii U. But uh, no, none of those games that you just listed are going to make the make the do, do the do the Twilight Princess thing. Not going to happen. Well, you were talking about um, how this was a 3DS conference and it was very odd to start off with a different system. That kind of reflects for me upon Nintendo. I, I always kind of wonder this. How much was the 3DS really a failure in terms of sales, and how much was it a failure in terms of perception? Nintendo subs up a certain perception over here and then ends up going a different direction over there. Um, well, I, I'll, I'll go into this thing that I, I really wanted it to, to succeed. I really I was really excited for it. I mean, all the stuff that I was writing about it since they announced it at E3, I was like, this is this system is amazing, this system's awesome, I can't wait for it to come out. And then by the time it did come out, you know, Nintendo, it's, it really felt like Nintendo was just assuming that people were going to buy it because they were pulling a, a Sony at this point. They were like, you know, remember yep. uh, when the PlayStation 3 was coming out? They're like, oh, people are going to buy it because it's a PlayStation 3. Everyone's, you know, they bought the PS2. Now they're going to buy the PS3 just because it's the name and everyone's going to support it. And then no one did, right? Because there was just there was not a whole lot of games for it. And, you know, everyone was just buying the, the Xbox 360. And the same thing happened with the 3DS. It was like Nintendo just – to they stepped back and said, we're going to let three third parties take this, you know, because we're still working on our games. And so even though, you know, Nintendo released uh, uh, Pilot Wings Resort, which is a fantastic game, and Nintendos, which, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's, the right, it's, just, it's the right game to release for a launch, especially how well the, uh, the DS original did, right? But, you know, after that, it was like – oh, and, and what, Steel Diver? Come on, guys. Um, <laughs> these, these games are the, uh, the exception of say Nintendogs, which should have helped that system along uh, with the younger crowd. Um, Nintendo did not do a very good job of uh, making people excited from day one. They 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 used the excuse on well, let the third parties take care of this. Uh, we'll have something later. But you know people want people are buying Nintendo systems for Nintendo games. I mean un, you know mm -hmm. it's unfortunate for third parties. But that's the case. I mean, that really is. It's it's you're going to buy a system for the Mario's and the Zelda's and stuff like that, and you don't have that on day one. Uh, that that's a problem. So I think that the launch was a failure. Um, you know, on a on a you know a software, and actually just the launch in general. It's like they just they, the marketing was terrible. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it's a failure though. I mean, I think the launch is a failure. I don't think the the, the system. I think the system is still fantastic, and I think there's a lot of legs in that system. But in terms of getting people excited on day one, which was a non-gift-getting season, uh, they did a they did a very bad job. I think it's going to do extremely well eventually, um, and this was kind of the lead into that because um, you know they, they have two two games coming out, key games that are coming out for the 3DS, which is Mario Kart and and the Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario what do they call it, 3D Land? Yeah. yeah. So. Um, looking at sales figures on the DS and on the Wii, those things are ten, almost 10 million unit sellers on the Wii and the DS. And to count out the 3DS before they've even had a chance to sell those two games, which are coming out in the first year of the system's life, it's I think it's, it's uh, you know people don't understand the way the the market works if they're going oh it's over for Nintendo. They just had to step it up. Obviously, they're like they probably were holding on to. You know uh, Mario Kart for next year, but then they had to actually kind of fast track it when the when the sales were not doing so well. That's that's just my hypothesis. You know they probably interesting had these things on the burner for you know it's like oh you know we'll we'll keep these cooking for a while and see what oh we got to do it now okay well, you know let's do it now. <laughs> um, so I think that's what's happening, but that's definitely going to work out to Nintendo's advantage, and I think the 3DS is going to have a pretty good Christmas because of those two games alone. Do you think of all the titles that were announced, which were primarily for the Japanese market, of course, in the pre-Tokyo game show conference, do you think that that's going to have a major impact? I mean, Monster Hunter aside and not getting into that expansion circle pad yet. But <laughs> how do you, what, what's your vibe on how you think those, those soft, those pieces of software will. It's hard, it's hard to say. I mean, like uh, I'm looking at the list in front of me, like, and they've got, they've got a lot of games that don't appeal to me and to the core um, U.S. market, 
But in terms of like appealing to the crazy Japanese market, um, I think they got a bunch of stuff, you know, from Konami and um, Konami. And there's a segment, <laughs> uh, you know, look at Konami ones, Konami, Konami. Um, but you know, then again, they got the stuff that do, do appeal, the Japanese games that do appeal to us, uh, like the Tekken 3D Prime Edition, um, Ace Combat, eh, maybe. Um, uh, you know, not to be biased or anything, but Mario and Sonic uh, seem to be a pretty good uh, sell, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, trying to look at uh, there's a there's a Final Fantasy rhythm game which I don't think is going to do very well. Um, Theater rhythm. <laughs> so yeah, you know, there's definitely, games, there's definitely games on this on this list that are going to stay in Japan unless there's some crazy publisher in the U.S. that want to pick it up. But you know, the like the exceeds. That you know of 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 the last generation, yeah, they don't Atlas. they don't stick around for you know Atlas, Exceed, um, Axis, um, those you know they're 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 still around I think, but uh, they don't they don't make a buffo sales on those games. So I can't imagine a lot of these games coming out in the U.S. because it takes you know seriously it takes a lot of effort to to localize these games, and if it's only going to appeal to a couple thousand people, what's the point, right? But then you bring in Monster Hunter. Yes. 3G but then again, and that's kind of that's kind of the the, the weird uh, flip though, because that that should be a game that appeals to the U.S. market, right? And it doesn't do as well in the U.S. as it should. Um, in Japan, it's crazy, um, but not the console version. The console the console version tends to you know do all right. It's the handheld version because people are playing it on the trains and they're always on the go and they're doing all that stuff. So um, you know, on the PSP, um, it, it sold really really well. Um, and it almost saved the PSP's line of business. I it absolutely like. did, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so like to have it on the the 3DS, I think is a very very big deal. Um, and uh, I think Nintendo probably you know helped that along financially. I think to get that, <laughs> yeah. it, it, you know, like, just knowing how the business works, I'm pretty sure that they 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 threw a few bucks in just to get that on their <laughs> system. I like um, the the Sony response about that where. I can't remember which executive was asked, like, what, why isn't Monster Hunter coming to Vita? And the response was, you're going to have to ask Capcom that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's their choice, right? It's their game. So uh, whatever makes financial sense to Capcom, uh, they're going to do it. So, you know, there's probably a deal in place. But, you know, it's not, you know, it's not our we – don't, we don't know publicly. It's not our business, right, to, yeah. to know what goes on behind the scenes to get an exclusive. But that's probably what happened, and that's a very smart – smart idea from Nintendo if they they want to get people on a, you know on the system what's going to sell a system like this that sold the PSP uh, Monster Hunter especially if it's on, it's an online game too and that Nintendo's not known for for being an online you know company so they need to kind of get a game that's going to get people online so that's going to do it too I was going to ask you Craig if you had any idea uh, how much a 3DS dev kit costs at least in comparison to the DS I don't know, um, and if I did, I might not be able to say, because uh, uh, yeah, because it's one of those things. It's like you know, I have I have a lot of insider knowledge, and so that was one. Of the, that's one of those things that I might not be able to say if I knew. But luckily, I don't know. I honestly don't. I don't know. They kept that secret. Well, it's not. I mean, it's not a pub- public. Uh, you, you sign. You know, when when you're a developer, you kind of sign these non-disclosures, and that's probably mm. one of the things that would be con- considered under non-disclosure. It's an insider information. Uh, that only you know you can only have if you actually work within a developer, and uh, obviously I work for a game uh, you know a studio that you know makes 3ds games, but luckily I don't I don't know that information, so I can just safely say I don't know. <laughs> just curious because we're talking about what's the plausibility of some of these games coming over here to our shores, and I, I wonder if if Nintendo had a discounted rate for the for the dev kits, if that would you know make it more. Um, I don't think that was uh, the dev kits have. I, I'm sure that's just a drop in the bucket bucket to the, um, you know, the development costs of a of a of a game. Yeah. I mean, it's, seriously, it's 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 not the dev kits. The dev kits are like the cheap parts. It's the it's the talent. It's the people that are programming. It's yeah. all the work, and it's all the the you know peop, you know it's the high end computers that are rendering out these models that they have to spit out to 3ds, and um and that's where all the money comes from. So like you know. Uh, you know, I can't imagine a dev dev kit. I mean, obviously, if you have one or two, if you only if you only have one or two, it might hurt making the games. If you want to get like ten or twelve, so that don't, that would like, cost you a lot of money. Don't forget those cranky marketing people. They cost a lot of money too, right? <laughs> oh yeah, we do. 
We so do. So, given Monster Hunter and everything else, do you think? How do you think this is going to impact the Vita's launch in Japan this year? Um, I, I, I think, I think Sony's going to have a pretty good launch just because people are are looking at it. You know, it, oh, it's new hardware. It's, it does this, that, and the other thing. It's going to be pretty big, and it's going to have a huge push from Sony. But, um, I just, I think a lot of people are looking at it incorrectly. You know, like they, when they announced it, it's like, oh, it's super powerful. It's going to do great. It's like, well, that's what the PSP was. PSP was like super powerful everything. It did everything uh, except make you toast. And uh, <laughs> the, uh, you know, the, the, the system was, was, you know, technically amazing, but it, no one picked up on it because it was, it was too expensive. The games were too expensive. People had high hopes for high-quality games, but to make those games, you have to put a lot of money in. And people want high-end experiences but don't want to pay that, that much for it. You know, like a, uh, you know, they want the they want the, the the PS3 experience on their handheld, but PS3 games cost sixty bucks. They're not going to pay sixty bucks for a handheld game, right? But that you know, uh, you know, it's kind of the chicken and the egg thing. It's like you know, you can't have those games unless you put those mo- that you know that money to it, and you know, people aren't going to buy it if they're not if it's going to cost that much. So, um, I think it's going to what the PSP is going to. They're going to have the one or two really awesome looking games like Uncharted. And, and Monster Hunter uh, to sell the system, but honestly, what's going to drive the system are the smaller games. Uh, it's going to be a really good system to um, to port iPhone games. It's like you know all these iPhone games like cut the rope or, or you know like you know uh, of course they're going to have uh, Angry Birds, but then there's going to be the games that you know they have on the iPhone that use these virtual pads and buttons and stuff like that. And so the the, the PSP is developed specifically to get. Just to go, hey guys, you want to put your system, you want to put your game on a system that actually has buttons and an analog stick? Here you go, and uh, and that's that's pretty much what PS PS Vita is, um, because you know it's it's going to take those smaller games, and and they that's what they want. Um, I, I don't think you're going to have a whole lot of um, high, um, you know, high impact, high development cost games on the system because it's just you know history shows that. You know, people aren't willing to spend over forty dollars on a handheld game, but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to um, expect the price tag to go high if you have a high, um, you know, high value experience. What do you think, Noah? The regarding whether it's gonna have an impact. Yeah, or... positively or negatively. In Japan, at least. Yeah, I believe it's going to have an impact. The way that the economy has been, it's not been great for people overseas either. With the price cut and two fantastic Mario franchises coming to 3DS and the promise of Monster Hunter, which I think the is the 3G, I hope I'm <laughs> labeling it correctly, isn't that coming out in Japan this holiday? I can't uh, recall. Monster Hunter 3G is, I think, yes, this year, and Monster Hunter 4 is somewhere down the line. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, making assumptions of what it must be <laughs> to be a Japanese gamer, I think I would be really psyched about that if I'd been on the fence about whether or not I'd get the system, even though it's weird coming for me saying that because I'm still kind of on the fence about 3DS because of that freaking circle pad expansion. <laughs> <laughs> the elephant in the room, right? Yes. It's, it's pretty big. It's as big as an elephant. How... Strange. That's all I can say. How strange? Well, <laughs> is that a question? <laughs> sure. <laughs> How strange? It is very strange. No, the uh, the I, I think it's a a weird little device, and it definitely makes this. It shows the weakness of the 3ds and how unsure Nintendo was when uh, they launched that system without the extra D-pad, or I'm sorry, without the extra slide pad. And I think it's an it's not it's definitely not a necessary evil, but to show that the system has the right stuff, I think is you know it was important for something to happen if they if Nintendo wanted to uh, have you know games on their platform that they didn't make themselves you know third party games you know they need to encourage developers to do that and so the only way they're going to do that is to actually have the standard controls. That uh, uh that this you know that the industry has embraced, and that's two analog sticks and 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 buttons and stuff, uh, and that's unfortunate that the system they were and but here here's the thing so maybe back and they and 
I'm, I'm being apologetic, um, but I'm kind of being the, you know, the realist here. Um, perhaps when they made the system, it was, it was, it was very not not quite possible to do two D pads simply. I'm sorry, sorry, slide pads because you know it. It's not just um, uh, analog stick on the surface. There's some mechanics that go below the surface. You know, yeah. it's, it's you know, so you know maybe that uh, you know restricted what battery could go in there, what chipset they could use, or or whatever. So um, they couldn't do it. Um, you know, obviously they should have tried and tried really, really hard to do so. And, but <laughs> there could be a reason why they didn't include two D pads or two slide pads on. I can't believe I keep saying D pad. It's a slide pad. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, you know, I, I so this is a you know, it's a, it's a band aid. It really is. I mean, it's it you know, it, it doesn't make the system symmetrical anymore. You know, if you want to uh, you know play the game, you have to dock it, and uh, it has it needs a battery because. It needs to communicate with the system through the IR port, so it has to that you know that IR uh, infrared uh, light needs to be constantly blinking like a remote. So it needs to that's how it's transmit transmit the data. So that battery, you were like, well, why doesn't it just draw draw the power from the system itself? And you know that system doesn't last very long on a full charge, so you know that would definitely <laughs> affect it. Um, you know, uh, it's it, it's just a band aid, and you know. You know that the the next generation of 3DS is going to have that built in, but when they made it originally, I'm guessing that there was a reason why they didn't include it, and it was simply because there was no room for it. Strange. Yeah. Room or room or cost? One of the two. I can't imagine it being cost. You don't think so? I mean, that so? thing is it, no. I mean, because you know, the way they dropped the price on it, just like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I I never agreed to that 250. I never did. I mean, I thought that. That was a really horrible, horrible place to put that system. Oh, definitely. Uh, and uh, and so when they dropped it to 169, you know, I said they're still making money on that thing. They, st- I mean, they're still making money on that thing. I don't, I don't, I don't care what they want you, to, you know, you to believe. I'm, I'm, I believe that Nintendo is still making money at 169. Uh, they played that, you know, you're gonna buy it anyway because you know, 3D without glasses, and it's the <laughs> next DS. But people didn't bite, so they needed to do something and do something really fast. They, that was that they 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 reduced it to the cost of, that it was eventually going to go, but they did it much more quickly than than they did. That's just my, my you know my my belief, anyways. And it might not be right. It makes but, sense. Uh, but and you also have to understand that you know people are like looking at it, it's like oh two forty nine for you know the the 3ds and that that's what the that's what the Vita is going to be. And it's like well the Vita is doesn't even include a um, a memory card. So like you you actually have to buy a memory card for Vita because you know you're you're encouraged to go online and download stuff or save yeah. to you know the system but they don't include a memory card because it's proprietary and it costs money and that's how they're bringing the cost down is to not include it but you're going to buy one anyway. So you know it's the invisible cost. <laughs> it's it's, it's 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 very sneaky. So you know so it's it's uh, you know if if the 3DS was at the price that it came out at, you know, it's still thirty dollars cheaper because Nintendo threw in a two gigabyte card right out of the box. That's true. Mark, did you have any more reactions or thoughts on the Circle Pad expansion other than strange? I really, I'm still, I think I'm kind of in shock still. It's it's such a weird. It, to me, it speaks of a certain lack of preparation. Uh, preparation. It's it seems to be very an ad hoc addition. Almost kind of like rushed at the last minute. I, I really, it seems very un-Nintendo-like to me for some reason. I can't quite pinpoint why. Oh, I, I agree with you. It, 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 but I mean, like to do something like that. I mean, you know, if you have to think about it, how else could they have designed it? And I can't imagine it being designed any better. I mean, obviously, you can think that oh, they could have slimmed it here and there and the other thing, but it's still going to be um, asymmetrical, right? You know, because they have to. Put the deep. They have to put the, that slide pad somewhere, and it, the only place it can go is off the system. And uh, unless you want to extend the system even further to the to the to the left, another inch with extraneous buttons or whatever, you know, it's gonna be that weird. Um, uh, I, I love the the uh, on the message board they're calling it like the tumor because like it's it, it's it's a growth <laughs> on one side. It's awesome, but. Uh, that's totally right because it looks like the system is like grown on you know on one side. Um, unfortunately, I can't think of a better. I have to play it. You know, I have to, I, this is that going to screw up the way I hold my system because 
now it's the 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 screen is now pushed over to one one hand than it is in the middle. You know, it, it's just yeah. going to probably be psychological more than anything else. <laughs> What surprised me about the circle pad is that it's being supported by more than just Monster Hunter. At first, I thought it was going to be just Monster Hunter, but then you have Metal Gear Solid, uh, Ace Combat, and some other titles of note that are slipping my mind at the moment. Well, what- I, 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 if, if it's if it's going to be cheap and if, if, if they're making it uh, available to use for anybody to use it, I can't imagine people saying, "Well, I'm not going to support it." You know, because it, it really isn't um, a, a better way of controlling it. I'm, I'm honestly hoping that uh, uh, that Kid Urkish will support it, because that game, as as cool as it looks, it really cramps the hand uh, using that, even more so than on a, on a regular DS when you play Metroid Prime Hunters. Like, for some reason, the balance of the, the 3DS is a little more off than, than the DS is. So when you're playing, and, and plus, you know, you have to support the system with an analog thumb more than a D-pad. Uh, on your on your control hand, so you're actually getting more cramped uh, on the 3DS when you play one hand on the on the controller, one hand on the touchscreen, because that's the way you play Kid Icarus. So I'm hoping that that game supports the other analog and and it'll play like um, uh, Sin and Punishment. So with that said, all those games, of course, are launching because we're now fracturing the market. They're all launching to be played without the Circle Pad. My question for you, Craig and Mark, is do you feel that this has staying power or is it going to be something like Motion Plus where it offers a lot of benefits but it never really takes off and it just remains another peripheral for the graveyard? Um, I'm, I'm going to say that, you know, like every Nintendo uh, peripheral, it, it probably won't take off. I mean, it's not going to be this must-have peripheral, but I think it'll be supported just like Motion Plus. Motion Plus is a. Um, it's unfortunate that you know not a whole lot of uh, um, games support it, um, but there's definitely some benefit to supporting it. And you know, Nintendo eventually included it in the box, and I think that's what's going to happen with with yeah. this. Uh, it, it's it's eventually. I don't think the peripheral is going to be included in the box, but it'll be cheap enough that they can include it with games, and it will be uh, eventually uh, merged into the next generation of the 3DS. So. You know, to get people to support the extra analog stick, I think will be beneficial um, to the future of the 3DS because eventually the next 3DS is going to have that pad. And uh, so, you know, the, you know, it, and then it's the that it goes in hand in hand, obviously. So if you get more support out of it, you're going to get more people that they can use that peripheral. So um, I think it's going to be a weird little thing. Um, I think it'll be more supported. I'll, I'll go. I'll go on the record and say I think it'll be more supported than any Nintendo peripheral that's that's ever been made. It's not going to be the. It's not going to be the Zapper. It's not going to be the the Motion Plus. It's it's going to be. It's not going to be the e-reader. You know. They, you know all these things <laughs> that had like really cool potential that they just never really did anything. I think there's more potential here because they can encourage more people to develop for it because it's cheap. It's like it, it's an it's an analog stick. That's all it is. And I kind of feel that it, that those games, that's going to be the definitive way to play them. I much rather would want to try all of them, Resident Evil, Monster Hunter, whatever, with that extra slide pad, circle pad, whatever. Yeah. Um, even yeah. though the demos that I played so far, like I played a demo, the, the demo of Resident Evil Revelations, and it worked just fine. I didn't feel like I needed it. But now that I know that it would support using that, I'm going to want to play it that way. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with 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 clipping it on is I can keep it in my bag. And if I need it, I need it. If I need it, I can put it on there. And I don't, uh, you know, I think that people will embrace it if they want to play the more hardcore games. What's your vibe, Mark? The most successful Nintendo peripheral of all time, probably <laughs> is the rumble pack. That's, That's true. Right. I would agree with that. And they also included that in certain games. Star Fox right. was the first one, right? They also did it for a couple of others, if I'm not mistaken. Which ah, but do you remember their second Rumble Pack on the DS that got no support? That's true. Um, but that's a different kind of tumor, I, I suppose. <laughs> um, so, so I, will, I will say that that, that that was a Rumble Pack that didn't work, and I will always go on the record and say that thing made more noise than it actually affected the <laughs> yeah, That's so true. Really, it just made like this beeping sound, and I, I, I yeah. didn't really feel it at all. And I was like, what's the point of this thing? So I just, you know, I never bothered to put it in. But I can see myself using the... You know the slide extra slide pad. If a game 
you know, plays better with it, then I'm going to play with it. Well, the DS Rumble Pack, I think you missed the first name, the first word of that name, Craig. It's the Sonic Rumble. The so, Sonic Rumble? Yeah, that's why. Okay. Um, <laughs> you were saying that you think certain games will be packed in with it. I, I certainly agree with that, actually. And I, I, I tend to hope that it will be more like the Rumble Pack. But then the other um, thought that pops up, my, the other example that pops up in my head right away is the uh, the memory pack for the N64 and how that came packed in with certain games like with Turok or whatever, and that mm-hmm. never really, um, that never quite took off either, did it? Well, it didn't take off simply because it came out towards the end of the Nintendo 64's life. Um, you know, it was it was one of the things that everyone was kind of you know Nintendo wanted to kind of say, hey, our system can do more. You know, you don't need to go to the next system because we got this little memory pack, but that was towards the end of the life, and it really didn't really add much to it. It just, it, you know, it allowed you to do high-res textures and maybe, you know, upgrade, you know, go one step up on uh, on on SD um, center definition, like, resolutions, but for the most part, and, it, you know, it just didn't didn't really do much. People couldn't, you know, a no- normal gamer couldn't really tell the difference between, uh, uh, you know, the memory pack versus non-memory pack. So it's kind of hard to encourage people to say this. You need this, um, but I can see if you know you can definitely tell you know games where you would need an extra control, you know, like an extra uh, yeah. slider. So I can see that being a little bit better than a than a memory pack, where you have to kind of like say, believe us, you need this thing. I don't know if people actually believe that. Do you think developers will? Because this puts developers in a really awkward position. It's like, well, do I support the early adopters, or do I mandate that it requires? This expansion, do you think that there's going to be games that come out prior to a hardware redesign that only work with the expansion? Um, I think that would be a mistake if that if they did that. Uh, that you require you require something and you're not including it. I think is a mistake in yeah. any in any game. Yeah. If, you, if you're requiring a peripheral that you don't include, um, is a problem. But I mean, you can definitely supplement it with the with the support and maybe it plays better that way. Um, I guess a good 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 example would be um, on the Wii when you you got these like you know, Blaze Blue or I'm not Blaze Blue maybe yeah Blaze Blue was one of them uh, a fighting games like really kind of traditional uh, 2D uh, side scrolling fighting games uh, for the Wii you know obviously didn't play very well with the um, the nunchuck and 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 waggle yeah. uh, but they supported the the classic controller and so it played better with the classic controller but they didn't require it. Yeah, that was true for Tatsunoko versus Capcom, for sure. Yeah. So something that keeps getting mentioned is is the inevitability of a hardware redesign. What do you guys think is the earliest we could possibly see this redesign? <laughs> uh, after Christmas. Well, definitely, yeah. I mean, so you would think. I will say, you know, in January they will probably announce the next uh, 3DS. You wow. think so? I absolutely Good. believe it. Absolutely. Even sooner than I expected. I was going to say more like spring press conference or at the worst case E3. No, they will they they'll they'll plow through their their systems for the for the um for the Christmas. And it's kind of like what they did with uh, you know, the DS Lite, the DSi. They'll announce something in January. Uh but then, you know, they won't show it until March or April. Um and I, I, I honestly believe that you're, the first official word will come out of Nintendo in January. That is very interesting, and I can see that happening. But look, just looking at it from a historical perspective, um, if you look at the original Game Boy, and you there's basically three different versions of that: Game Boy, Game Boy, but Game Boy Pocket, Game Boy Color. Mm-hmm. If you divide that up by the overall lifespan of the Game Boy, that's that's approximately one redesign or one version every four years. Well, yeah, but you're you're. That was, you know, back in the day, there was no reason to to um, to upgrade the, the the Game Boy. You know, the original Game Boy. You know, that that was their bread and butter for a very long time. And it's like that people, you know, they kept coming in with their their own competitors, and they just failed, right? But the Game Boy kept churning along. They, mm-hmm. they, it was only when you know they they, they actually needed to do something, uh, they needed to step it up, and and that's where the Game Boy. Pocket and the Game Boy Color came out of, and Game Boy Advance was um, supposed to come out sooner than than it did, but they, yeah. you know, Pokemon kind of drove that. The original Pokemon drove, pushed the Game Boy Advance further out, so um, it was ready to go um, until until Pokemon kind of took off and like, well, we don't need to bring this out yet, so they kind of you know put it on the back burner. 
but uh but yeah i mean it was it was a matter of you know they need to do an upgrade and the industry's con- completely changed now i mean it 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 is i mean like you, you got apple and people hate bringing up apple in this thing but they're the ones that are kind of changing the the, the gaming market at least in the well not just in the handheld but also you know kind of just gaming in general and so people need to constantly evolve their their strategies if they they want to compete and Nintendo would be dumb if they're like oh this is good enough for the next 2 years it, it's not uh people they they need to drive excitement for that platform and and the only way they're going to do that is to upgrade it um i'm i'm glad that the 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 platform is is um scalable you know cuz you know you, you you can kind of the way the you know how the how the uh the, the iPod touch and the iPhone and stuff like that they they add a new processor to it so you know, games can still older games can still play on. They just play faster, or smoother, or whatever. And I think that you know the the Nintendo 3DS is also a scalable platform that they can they can upgrade incrementally uh, while reta- retaining the the backward compatibility. And uh, so that's going to be important moving forward because people you know that system still has um, uh, you know 3D it'll have 3D you know moving on. People still kind of want it. Um, you know, even though it's kind of you know they. They write on it a lot, but uh, the, you know I think 3D is still going to drive the interest of that system. But uh, you know I think it's important that Nintendo kind of moves forward with that uh, that platform. To go from every four years with the Game Boy to every two years with the with the DS, I, I really do think Craig, you probably are right. Where it it would be every year there's a new 3DS. Well, at least so far, two years in the lifespan. Well, if, if if Apple can certainly get away with it, you know why why is it, why is there a double standard? I mean that that's the thing. It's like people expect Apple to come out with the next platform every year, and these systems are cost huh. you know three, two three hundred dollars to do that, right? Everyone's like, oh, there's going to be a new iPod Touch, a new iPhone. You know they expect it every year. But when someone says, you know, if, you know, so if someone goes to Nintendo, it's like, oh, they're upgrading it already. You know, it's been two years. What? It's it's a double standard, and <laughs> um, and you know I don't think that. Really, I I really think that Nintendo needs to do that if they want to compete with the uh, with the Apple. That's interesting. Why is there maybe because um, with the iPods and the, the, that whole group, that whole family of products, that's more of a, a utilitarian device where you can make phone calls and you can play. Well, I suppose you could also expand the 3DS's roster of abilities to do the same thing. But I guess yeah. my fear then would be you're going into the 360 and PS3 territory where. The PS3, I think, if you look at that over its lifespan, it has it's released a new version of the system like every eight months or something ridiculous. Yeah, that, but they also but they're also upgrading it, uh, you know, with firmware and and whatnot. I mean, I think that the system has definitely got a lot of uh, horsepower, um, but you know, the you know, it's it doesn't really need to be upgraded uh, the same way a handheld does. A handheld, the thing about a handheld is it's like the smaller the better, right? The smaller, more powerful, the better. Um, but you know, you kind of with the with the console, you leave it under your television, and that's it. So um, I think that the standards are a little different on on a, on a handheld than it is just a console. I don't think they can get away with you know constantly refreshing a console unless it's just going to make it smaller. You know, like the the PSP. Uh, I'm sorry, the PS3 Slim or uh, what's the Slim version of Xbox? Was it, was it the Slim? I can't remember. But there was, was you know, they, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, they they can definitely do it that way. But, uh, you know, I think it's a little bit more expensive to do it for a console than it is a handheld. Hmm. Remove backwards compatibility. Maybe they, they can remove – Nintendo can remove the 3D function without glasses. Well, that, I would think that would be a really bad move. But, you know, I, I think that's one of the selling points of a 3DS myself. I mean, people might rag on 3D, but, uh, but I think that's definitely uh, a standard that's going to happen uh, you know, just in the industry as a whole, and and Nintendo's kind of there from the start with the, uh, you know, getting people accustomed to gaming with 3D. Um, you know, you you, you, know, you you have the power to turn it off if you don't want it, and I think that's great. I don't think there's going to be any wow. game out there that absolutely requires it, even though there might be a cool game that absolutely requires it uh, that someone could design. But I don't think anyone's going to require it. It just enhances the the uh, the experience. And I think Nintendo's would be dumb to kind of like say, ah, no one wanted it. Okay, we'll we'll take it out. I think that would be I think that would be really dumb. I agree. I was just kidding. <laughs> well, I, but I've been reading message boards where people like say that, and it's like they don't realize what oh, they're really? saying. Yeah. Is that Neil Gaff? Yep. <laughs> I love the Gaff. I've never been there. Doug, 
Doug Perry was kidding me about that. Like, you've been reading NeoGAF, haven't you? I'm like, I've never been there. I kind of <laughs> want to keep it that way, keep my virginity. Yeah, it's a fun little sandbox. I like those guys. Hmm. So what would you say to someone who has not gotten a 3DS? Should they go for it now, or should they wait for the inevitable redesign? That's Noah. He, he, hasn't, he doesn't have one yet, Craig. <laughs> well, I mean, That's you, mean you in general. <laughs> you buy a system for the games. I mean, seriously, you buy it for the yeah. experiences. Is there anything out there? That you really want to play. That's, I mean, that's my that's the genuine question of, that I'm asking you right now. Is there anything out there that that's on the market that you're like, you know what, I really want to play that game? Nope, not yet. Then wait. I mean, that's the that's the that's the easy answer for you. There's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing out there that you really want to play. Then wait, and and you're you're good to go. Um, I for I actually enjoy uh, Pilot Wings Resort, for example. I think is one of those unsung heroes of the of the lineup. Uh, people are you know. It's selling, I'm looking at the, the sales figures, and it's sold all right, but um, it's, it's, it's a Pilot Wings game, so no one really kind of knows about it because it's, it's a franchise that no one really picked up on on the Super Nintendo or the N64. So, uh, But it's an excellent game, and it really shows off 3D, and it's a great handheld game because it's one of those like, kind of short, uh, short little, little challenges that you can take advantage of while you're on the, you know, on the road or whatever. It's really cool. Um, but you know, the other games are, you know, they street fighter, for example, that's just, that's just a port, uh, Ocarina of time, great game, port. you know, it's like these games you can, you can get somewhere else and for cheaper. And there's really no reason to play it on the 3ds. Um, yeah. Star Fox is another great example. I, I, they did a fantastic job on the port, but it, it is a port and you can buy it for what? 10 bucks on the, on virtual console. If you just want the gameplay. Um, so Nintendo just needs to kind of. Step it up with experiences that you kind of need to play it on, on that 3DS, and that's when you buy it. Um, but if there's nothing out there you you, you don't want to play, then yeah, wait. Sounds like a good idea to me. <laughs> so why do you think Nintendo avoided mentioning the Circle Pad explicitly during the press conference and just focused on the games? I think that's that's exactly what it is. It's like why why bring it up? Um, you know, if if they want to get people to 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 play uh, buy their system for games why why make things why why confuse the issue you know it's yeah. like yeah oh, we got this attachment it's like then it's like why what is that you know it's like you're answer you're you're bringing up more questions than answers and that's that's the reason it's, it was just that it was a strategic move to you know it's kind of what they do with the me I remember talking to uh, Perrin Kaplan uh, about the um, the name we it's like it was a strategic decision to reveal the name a month before they revealed this, you know, system in its games because uh, it would have distracted to go, you know, here's the name of the system, new system, and now here's the games. So people were like, they still got to, you know, kind of uh, figure out what that we means, and they had to explain it everything, you know. So so they they explained everything about the circle pad before that con- at that conference, um, but they focused on the games. There was no reason to confuse the the, the audience with a peripheral. That wasn't going to work with, you know, 90% of the games they were showing. Hmm. Makes sense to me. They call it the tumor. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my term. I just, I, I embraced it because I, I read it on a NeoGAF somewhere. And I thought that was really cool. So I call it the tumor. It's not the tumor. <laughs> it is a tumor. Oh, Lord. Mark, do you have any more questions for Craig? I don't need more questions, but I do have a request. You ready, Craig? Okay, what's the request? I want a Babbage's story. <laughs> a Babbage's story, man. Oh God. Okay, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll I'll tell you the uh, the story of when I was moved moved out of a store. I was there for about you know I was managing a store for about two and a half years, two and a half three years, and it was during the merge. Uh, I might have actually told the story already, but uh, it was the merging of Software Etc. and Babbage's, and so they you know they obviously cut. Uh, redundancies, which included my district manager, so we got the software et cetera district manager to uh, to take care of the store I'm working on. And he came in. Well, I never met him. He came in. I was reading the newspaper when he came in. There was no one in the store, so I was just reading the newspaper. He came in. I was like, "Hey, how's it going?" And that was the day that he 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 learned that he did not like me. So he eventually, like, basically two <laughs> weeks later, he's like, "I'm moving you out of the store. You're going to be moved to a to a." Um, uh, Barnes and Noble software section because Software Etc. owns these software uh, 
you know, uh, you know, these software stores that are in Barnes Noble, and you're going to go to and and it was literally like a bike ride from my house. So I was like, ah, that's cool. All right, because I was working in a store that was like a nine ten mile drive, and so cool. So I went to that store, and, and I went from a store that had about twenty five hundred dollars in sales a day to one that had fifty to sixty dollars a day. Because <laughs> no one goes to a bookstore to to you know, uh, you know to buy software they go to bookstores to you know to buy books so i was there and i'm like this is not gonna last and wouldn't you know it two weeks later i got a phone call it's like yeah we're closing those stores and, <laughs> and, and i'm like yeah you really you you, you knew you were you're were moving me to a, a a store that was gonna die but you know it was kind of interesting because like the day that i left this the uh the store that they they were pulling me out of i uh Decided to like I had like a, a carton of milk that I was I got from some of the one of the the restaurants down at the food court and like I didn't drink it but I certainly hit it in one of the in the ceiling and I don't know what happened <laughs> it's like I just basically opened it up and then just like put it in the the I lifted the ceiling tile and just hit it in that that <laughs> ceiling tile and I was kind of hoping that you know it would have gotten like rancid or whatever but I I don't know what happened after that but I'm just like in my mind. It made the story stink to high hell, and that that's that's <laughs> that's good enough for me. I I hated Is that an okay story that. for you. Oh, it was great. All right, and it, it reminds me of how much I hated my district managers when I worked at Electronics Boutique and GameStop and Funko Land and all those places. Game crazy. So, lots of good memories. Thanks, Craig. Yeah, no worries. We have. A quick piece of feedback from our last oh, episode. Okay. It's it's kind of it's it's relevant to what we've been talking about from Master of Sands, who wrote in. Did you guys see what Ubisoft is making with Ghost Recon Online? It looked beautiful online and Killer Freaks from Outer Space. I loved Monkey Ball, and that should be on Wii U and GTA on Wii U with an online flair to show people the console could do more, and that would be epic. Cool. Sure. Yep. That was that. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> He's all about the online games. And he's excited about Ubisoft. So thank you, listeners, for listening to this episode of Airship Travelogs. And thank you very much, Craig, for joining us. Listeners, if you have any feedback on this episode, please send it into airship at nintendojo.com. Or you can leave a comment for us over on the website. And also, thank you very much to Mark. Yes, yes, sir. (laughs) He's already checked out. Yeah, he's gone. He's He's surfing. I'm going to see. Booted up his 3DS. He's playing other things. I think about tumors. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> and now for some quick credits. The music used in this podcast comes from Overclocked Remix, a not-for-profit website dedicated to the video game music remixing community. You can check the site out at www.ocremix.org. Here are the specific songs we use in the production of this show. Our introduction uses the remix Phoenix Symphonic, created by remixer Grey Lightning. The original track is The Airship, from Square's NES classic Final Fantasy IV. The original composer was Nobuo Olimatsu. Our transition features the remix Space Orchestral from remixer McBappy, based on Kraid's Chamber from Nintendo's NES classic Metroid. The original composer was Hirokazu Tanaka. If you like these remixes, you can download more at www.ocremix.org and find many of the original game soundtracks for purchase at Amazon.com or iTunes. Additionally, many of the games mentioned are available for purchase on Wii or 3DS's virtual consoles or at retail stores. Once again, thanks for listening to Airship Travelogs, a Nintendo Dojo podcast. Be sure to check out the site's original podcast, Dojo Shoko.